today begins a new series in the book of Philippians, and uh, I am excited about the book. I love the book of Philippians. It is a wonderful book about joy, and I believe, as I said last Sunday, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 is the key to the book. When you and I have the attitude and the mind of Christ, then we have joy and everything else we need in the faith. Now, I cannot cover everything I gave to you today. Uh, we'd be here till about 2 o'clock. And I know the uh, students are going to be singing and I'm going to be over at Presbyterian home today. But uh, I gave you the wonderful introduction to the book of Philippians from Eugene Peterson and uh, the Message Bible there on the back. And so put the outline on the front and gave you the wonderful introduction to the book of Philippians on the back. Paul is uh, writing a letter that is a love letter. When Paul wrote his epistles, usually he is writing to correct or to rebuke someone. Now, you read 1 Corinthians. Boy, the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he basically said, do you want me to take my belt off and come and see you? It is a hard letter of rebuke. Now, 2 Corinthians, he softens it up a little bit. Read the book of Galatians. Again, a book of correction and a book of rebuke. This is different. Philippians is a book filled with praise and affection. That's why I love it so much. I uh, preached last Sunday on chapter 2 and, uh, and about the attitude, but I told uh, Wes, uh, Wes was preaching about a month ago, and I said, now Wes, don't get on my territory. Stay away from Philippians. Well, then the rascal went to chapter 1. So, uh, anyway, I, I had to kind of scold him a little bit. What we share, that's our title today, what we share together. Um, have you ever wanted to share something and someone turned you down? I was uh, visiting a lady, her name was Janice. And Janice lived in uh, Ridgeway and, and she's gone to be with the Lord. But I, I visited her one day and went into her house and uh, Janice was a collector. She had stuff everywhere. She had stuff jammed, crammed, covered, smothered, everywhere, all over that house. It was just like the Waffle House, you know, with the hash browns. Smothered, covered, slathered, whatever. Every, I mean, there was stuff everywhere. So I'm, I'm trying to walk through the house and she said, now preacher, don't mind the mess. I said, I don't mind it, but it's killing me. <laughs> she, 
she had some things she wanted to share with me and I said, no, I think I'm fine. <laughs> now, sometimes in the Christian life, somebody wants to share something, we say, well, I, I don't have time for that. Sometimes people share prayer requests. They share a burden or a need they have in their life. One of the most wonderful things we can do is spend time with one another. They, they just want someone to spend time with them. I uh, went last week and saw Gertrude and, uh, over at the atrium. Gertrude said, tell everyone I love them and I miss the class. I saw Fred and Laverne Lister last week and spent time with them and Charlie does such a good job as their visitor, but Laverne said, tell the class how much I love them and I miss them. There's a value in spending time with one another. So, Philippians is this wonderful joy that we have in fellowship. The only rebuke in Philippians is chapter 4. Two women, Iodia and Syntyche, they got out of sorts. They, they had a little conflict. I don't know, it might have been over color of the carpet or drapes, or it might have been over a fellowship meal, but they got into it. Paul said, you tell them two women to get things straightened out. That's the only conflict here in the book of Philippians. So, I want you to look in chapter 1. And I want to read, first of all, just verse 5. Alright, just verse 5. Y'all awake today? Say amen. amen. I think the demon of slumber is rotating in here. And I'm going to cast it out in Jesus' name, alright? Look at verse number 5. In view of your participation in the gospel from the first day until now. Paul uses a word in verse 5, the word participation. Now that word also could be translated fellowship. We have a participation, a fellowship in the gospel. Now what does the word fellowship mean? Well, it's two fellows in the same ship. That's what it is. Two fellows in the same boat. Like when you get married. You know, one big love. That's what it is. I was on a trip with Pam one time and we went to uh, Hawaii. And, uh, you know, we don't do vacations, we do field trips. So we're there looking at the volcanoes and they're looking at, you know, went to Mauna Kea and went up and stargazed and all that. And, and so Pam got off on one of these beaches that has the black sand. And our tour guide, his name was Kalani. Kalani said, it's a law of Hawaii. Don't take anything off the beach. Don't take anything with you. Well, Pam's out there, man. She... <laughs> Taking a little sample and trying to hide it, you know. And... 
And somebody on that bus told on her. <laughs> yeah, that's right, it was me. <laughs> Man, I, I ratted her out. I said, Kalani, that woman has contraband. <laughs> now, I thought he was going to chew her out. You know what? He chewed me out. He said, you're her husband. He said, you're responsible. He said, because when you get married, it's one big love. You're just united together. And I thought to myself about the family of God. Man, if you join First Baptist Church, you've got to love us. You don't have a choice. I mean, you may not like everything, but you've got to fall in love with the people of God. And that's what this word participation or fellowship means. In uh, the Koine Greek, common Greek, it's the word uh, uh, koinonia. Koinonia for fellowship. And that's where we get the word coin from. If you have five pennies, unless you've got some real old coins in your pocket, they all have Abraham Lincoln on the front. If you've got five nickels, you've got Jefferson. If you've got a quarter, Washington. There's something in common with every coin has the same face on it. I don't care if it's Ken or John or Wayne or whoever. It is the image of Christ. That coin, that image ought to be on you as a person of faith and part of the family of God. So, we all have the same stamp, imprint, face, image on the coin that is your life. Kind of, kind of a neat word there. Warren Wearsby. I love Wearsby. Wearsby says in his commentary on Philippians, which is called Be Joyful, the word fellowship seems to mean many things to many different people. Perhaps like a worn coin, it may be losing its true impression. Wow. Have you ever thought about how many believers have lost their true impression? Just like a worn coin can lose the image of Lincoln or Washington or Jefferson, it is true that a worn believer sometimes loses the image of Jesus in their life. And that's why Wearsby has it right. The word participation or fellowship needs to be rescued. There is a mutual sharing, a mutual faith experience that the people of God have. Now, buckle your seatbelts. Here we go. What do we have in common? Four things. Alright, I want to share with you four things today. Number one, we share a common birth. We share a common birth. Look at verse number one. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons. Now, we all have a common birth, but not a ordinary birth. There is no second-rate birth into the family of God. It might be 
a common thing, but it's not something to be taken lightly. There's something wonderful to know that every single child of God, you got in, you got birth in the same way. Now, notice the address here, verse 1. He's writing to all the saints in Christ Jesus. Now the Bible says every single child of God, you're a saint. You're either a saint or you ain't. Alright? You're a saint in God. Now you might not feel saintly. You might not look saintly. But you are a saint in the eyes of God. God sees you justified just as if you had never sinned. God sees you set apart for His glory. I want you to look in your Bible to 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. 1 John, the epistle, chapter 5, verse 12. Lynn, you got that? Go ahead and read that for us. He who has the Son has the light. Good. Alright. I was looking at Lynn this way, but that Lynn's okay too. I should have said Lynn Burkhalter, not Lynn Stogner. Alright. He who has the Son has life. Alright? So, there, there is life if we have the Son of God in our lives. So, notice the phrase also in verse 1, Philippians 1, 1, in Christ. We are in Christ. You know, uh, have you ever been in a pickle? Do you know what that means? It means you're surrounded by sour vinegar. <laughs> I love pickles. Dill bread and butter, sweet, like them all. But you know, I, I know some believers, they've been pickled. They lay around in sour vinegar. I mean, everything is sour to them. Oh, they're just whiners. You know, they, they got the recording going. Man, I tell you, I don't have time for that nonsense. You know, we, we are not to be surrounded by sour vinegar. We are to be surrounded in Christ. Man, if you've got Christ, you've got the joy, the peace, the long-suffering. We are in Christ. Now, we get there because we have been born again. John's Gospel, chapter 3, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. There must be a new birth experience in your life. You've got to be born again. Now you know when birth happens, it's an uh, exciting thing. I, I know... Uh, when someone has a new baby, boy, they show that baby off. It's exciting. Born again. D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, one time said, or was asked, why do you preach on the subject 
You must be born again so much. His reply, because you must be born again. I love it. We are all saints. We have a common birth. We share that in common. Alright, number two. Number two. We also share a common burden. A common burden. Once you look in verse 2 and 3, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. Now, Paul moves on to say, not only do we share a common birth, but we share a common burden. When you think about the word burden, you think about something bad. But that's not what Paul is saying. He's saying there is a joy, there is a thrill about the people of God sharing burdens together. Now, if Lance up there has a burden, I've got a burden. If I've got a joy, you've got a joy. We share our burdens and we cut them in half. We share our joys and we double. That's the essence of the Christian life. Now, this passage was special to the church at Philippi because the church at Philippi shared a burden with Paul. Where is Paul when he writes this? In jail. He's in a Roman jail, a Roman cell. The church at Philippi sent a gift to Paul. And you find this in chapter 3 and 4. It, it, it kind of goes into more detail, but they share a, a gift with Paul. They send probably the pastor of the church at Philippi to Rome to minister to Paul in jail. The guy they send, the pastor, his name is Epaphroditus. Now Epaphroditus goes to Rome. He goes to Paul. He finds Paul in jail. Epaphroditus, probably the pastor of the church, gives a gift to Paul. Question is, what's the gift that the church at Philippi sent to Paul in Rome? Well, everybody likes to speculate. I'll give you some speculation. Money. My question is, what did the Apostle Paul need money for? <laughs> He's in jail. He isn't going down to Walmart. All right, what, what did he need money for? Some say it might have been the Scriptures. It might have been a coat. It might have been a cloak. But here's a neat answer. It was Epaphroditus himself. Quite possibly the gift was the person of Epaphroditus. Whether that's true or not, I like that. Because it meant that the church at Philippi sent someone to share the burden of Paul. Man, isn't that what the Christian life is all about? We share our burdens together. Now, in verse number 3, there's the burden of praise. 
Paul says we are calling each one by name in remembrance. He is calling names out to God and he's praising the Lord for them. Paul says, I've got the joy, a burden that's a joy, of calling names out to God. I just want you to know, boy, when you're in prayer and you call a name out before the throne of grace, that is a wonderful thing. And God does something when you and I pray. He does. Well, in verse number 4, look at this. Always offering prayer with joy in my every prayer for you all. Prayed for all of them. The Amplified Bible in verse 4 says, Always offering every prayer of mine with joy and with specific requests for all of you. Have you ever had someone ask you to pray about something and you thought to yourself, that's silly. I mean, God's busier than dealing with that. Do you know how many times I've prayed for a child to get a new dog or a cat? Seems like hundreds of times. I was pastoring, I'd have a child catch me and say, would you pray that my mom and dad will get me a dog? I said, let's bow together. I mean, I do. <laughs> would you pray that I get the latest, greatest, newest toy? Yeah, let, let's pray together. It's never a waste of time to pray for something when it's important to the person who makes the request. I don't care how small, how foolish, how simple you might think it is. Paul would agree with that. Alright, look at verse 5. In view of your fellowship, koinonia, participation in the Gospel from the first day until now. I like this partnership that you find here. Paul says, it is a fellowship from the first day until now. The church at Philippi, they were not quitters. They were not quitters from the first day until now. Now look at verse number 8. Verse 8. For God is my witness, how I long for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus. There, there was a pulling of the people of God together. Paul says there is a desire a pull for us to be together. There is affection there. Affection. So what we share together, we also share a common burden that draws us together. Alright, got to move on. Number three, third. Third, our participation or fellowship, we share a common blessing. A common blessing. Look at verse number six. I'm so glad this is in here. Verse 6. For I am confident of this very thing, that He who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad that we have the blessing of knowing God is not finished with any of us yet? Man, you're not perfect you're not complete. You're on the way. You know how I know that God's not finished? Because you'd be dead and gone if He, if he was. 
God is in the process of molding us, making us, refining us. God does all of that. The Message Bible in verse number 6 says, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that the God who started this great work in you would keep at it in, in bringing it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. Man, when Jesus appears one day, we will be complete. But not until then. So we have the joy of sharing a common blessing knowing that God is not finished with any of us until the day of Christ. Alright, fourth and last. Fourth and last. We also share a common business. A common business. And this is verses 9 through 11. Look at verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment. There in verse 9, you find a neat word. It's the word abound. It means to run over. It means to run over. Paul is saying in verse 9 that I'm praying that your love may just run and spill over. Have you ever known of anyone in your life that, boy, they, they had such an amazing love for people, just kind of oozed out of their body? Running over. Their compassion was running over. In verse number 10, look at that. So that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Now pull that word approve out. That word approve means to spot something as counterfeit. Paul is saying, I want you to approve and spot stuff that is counterfeit. And then we find in verse 11 the completion here. Having been filled with the fruit of righteousness, which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. There in verse number 11, Paul says, My great thing that I want to share with you is the fruit of righteousness. The fruit of right living. So we are participants together. We share those four things together. As Paul says here in verse number 5, there is a fellowship, there is a participation that we have as the people of God. John Wesley was a great preacher years ago. and Of course, John and Charles had a godly mother, Susanna. But John Wesley one time said, I want the whole of Christ for my Savior. I want the whole Bible for my book. I want the whole church for my fellowship. And I want the whole world for my mission field. Boy, what a, what a wonderful quote that is. Let me close by sharing one of my favorite stories with you. I love old hymns. 
And um, I think it's neat when the church doesn't forget some of those old wonderful hymns. One of my favorites is a song entitled, Blessed Be the Tie That Binds. Blessed be the tie years ago in my, my home church, every time we had the Lord's Supper, we'd all join hands there in the church and we'd sing, Blessed be the tie. That hymn was written back years ago in 1772. There was a pastor, his name, John Fawcett. John Fawcett was called to go to London from a church out in the Yorkshire area. And on the day, his last Sunday there, they load up the wagons, getting ready to go. John Fawcett and his wife were all packed up. They were ready to go to London to a bigger and better church. The people there in Yorkshire surrounded that wagon and wept and cried and pleaded. said, Oh, Pastor, we cannot let you go. John Fawcett's wife looked at him and said, How can we leave these dear people? And Fawcett went in to write, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. And they stayed. <laughs> and continued to pastor those dear people because there was a tie that bound them together. Look around you today. We're not alone. There is a participation that we have in the Gospel. Next time you pull a coin out of your pocket, you remember there is a coin, there is an image. It is the image of Christ. It ought to be seen in every life. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your wonderful Word today. Father, we share so many wonderful things in common. And one day, face to face, we'll stand in glory and we'll sing, we'll shout, we'll celebrate. Father, we'll sing as never before, we'll praise as never before. But until that day, help us to be faithful. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen.